Alrighty, open your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. Look down at verse 30. The Bible says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. Read those last four words with me. But I found none. God wants to send revival to an individual. What is revival? Revival, according to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, means to return, recall, or recovery to life from death or apparent death. Now there's a lot of death in churches. What I mean by that is people leave. People leave churches all the time. But even more so is apparent death. That happens in church. That is where a person refuses to do anything for God that would displace them from their grouchy spirit and being comfortable. If that's you, you're either fighting a battle where you've lost hope of victory or have given up and are secretly going through the motions of religion. At least you think you're secretly doing it. Everybody who is revived can see straight through you. No matter if you put on a cheery countenance or a smile saying, oh, everything's great, I love the Lord, everybody can see by your actions whether or not you truly are revived. You can find victory in revival. But what is keeping you from it? God is looking for a man or a woman to make up the hedge and stand in the gap. He wants people to obey his specific calling for their lives. Is that what scares you? Is that why you won't stand up for God? Because he might call you to do something that's uncomfortable? God, in a world full of people, why could God not find anybody to stand? And why can he still not find many? I'll show you why he can't find anyone to revive or to serve him. Tonight, we're going to see the excuses for revival. Brother Bacon, could you pray for me, please? Lord, I thank you for Brother Michael. Father, I ask that you just anoint him, Father, with a guidance. Lord, give him the right words to speak, Father, to touch our hearts. Lord, just guide his thoughts, the way that he speaks, Father, the intent of his heart. Lord, please bless and work in our hearts tonight. Father, I thank you again for your word, for your love, for your mercy, your grace to us. Yes, Lord. And Lord, thank you for the hope that you give. Thank you, Father, for working in our hearts. Lord, thank you, Father, for your love and your care. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Turn over to Mark chapter 14. Tonight we're going to be looking at the excuses for revival. First excuse is found over here in Mark chapter 14. Look down at verse 27. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, Yet will not I. Peter didn't believe 
what Jesus said. Jesus prophesied, but Peter denied it. Regardless of what he thought, Peter did what Jesus said anyway. The first point is will not I, for all you taking notes. The problem wasn't that Peter's stand for Christ was wrong. The problem was that he didn't believe what Jesus had told him. He thought he knew better than Christ. It was pride. Pride was Peter's problem. Christians, I know you all understand the context of this verse, that it's about Peter uh, denying Jesus, but I want to look at it in the spiritual application. God has laid out a plan for your life. He wants to do amazing things for you. Are you denying that opportunity? him the opportunity to do so because you think you know better? Do you think that you have it all laid out for you, that you don't need anyone else's help, that you've got it under control, you don't want anybody's help, you don't want God's help, you just, you think you got it on yourself, you, you don't? Are you following what he wants to do for your life, or are you by the fire with Peter saying, I know not the man? Are you saying, God, I'm going to read my Bible? pray every day, and show up to church, but that's it. I'm going to do my own thing, my own way, without you telling me what to do. Are you saying, will not I, Lord? Lord, I, I know you think you want, you want to use me, Lord. You, you said you called me. What? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to plug my ears, and I don't want to hear what you have to say because I want to live my life the way I want to live it, and I'm going to walk my own path. Your end is destruction because your problem is pride. You're saying, will not I, to the Lord. If you want revival, you have to get out of the I won't do it mentality. Look over at Exodus chapter 3. There's a lot more will not I Christians than you think. People that put on a show thinking that nobody else is the wiser. And their, their testimony clearly shows that they don't want revival. They just want to live their own life the way they want to live it. God wants to give you an abundant life. He wants to fulfill your life with more than you think that you need. You living your own life is just going to cause you more problems. <clears throat> Letting God control it, you're still living your life. You're just under his control, and he's going to bless it. Much more than you ending up somewhere in sin, because that's where pride's going to, pride is the first sin, and it's going to be your ending sin if you continue in it. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? The second point, the second excuse, is who am I? Moses rejected God's call in his life because of who he thought he was. He thought, he thought that God couldn't use him. Moses told God that Israel wouldn't believe him. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. His next excuse was that he was slow in speech. Look down at verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I find that funny because he says heretofore and says I am not eloquent. So that's, a, that's an obvious see-through excuse. And verse number 13, he tells God to send somebody else. And he said, O oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. 
He knows exactly whom the Lord will send. God's calling Moses, and he's rejecting him because of who he thinks he is. He thinks that God can't use him. Christian, do you think that God can't use you? Do you think that of all the, of all the people in the world, God can't use you? You're the one vessel that God won't use. God used a murderer and an adulterer to rule Israel. God used a man with 700 wives, 300 concubines, and severe depression to write the wisest book in the Bible. God used a herdsman to prophesy Israel's destruction and resurrection. God used a rebel to save a nation and transform from a complete wickedness into godliness. God used a denier to reach his people and a Pharisee who murdered Christians, which is the Bible-time Bible Hitler, to open salvation up to the Gentiles. Do you still think that some, you're somebody God can't use? I am living proof that God will use anybody, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how deep in sin you are, God will still use you. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is be willing to repent of that sin and turn, just turn from it. Get out of there, because it's, it's just going to cause problems. You've got to get that pride out of the way. Believing you are too broken is false humility. Peter's problem was pride. Moses' problem was disobedience, which stems from pride. Satan has been 99% effective in taking out the loss with pride and Christians, but his disguise for it for the Christian is disobedience, either not obeying immediately or fighting the command given to you, and disobedience is the face under the mask of false humility. It's multiple layers and multiple disguises. That's how Satan works in subtlety. You don't realize it. You think, because God can't use me, oh, I must be humble because I think I'm too wicked for God to use. No, it's disobedience and it's pride. No sin you will do will ever be so great that God can't use it for you and use you still. If you want revival, you have to get out of the I can't do it mentality. If you want revival, you got to get out of the I won't do it people that'll never do it, and the I can't do it, the people that never do it but think they might change their mind eventually down the road. So what does God need? Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. God doesn't need a will not I or a who am I. But this is what he does need. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Look down at verse number 4. I'll look at verse 3. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, then the Lord called unto Samuel. <laughs> I like that part. The Lord called unto Samuel. Are we glad that the Lord called unto us? And he answered, Here am I. Samuel didn't recognize that it was the voice of God at this moment. But once he found out, he responded submissively. Look down at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. God used Samuel to do great and mighty things. But none of that could have happened if he didn't first say, Here am I. That's what God needs. God needs a here am I Christian. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 
Isaiah chapter 6. You know exactly where I'm going. We're going to read verses 6 through 8. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. He became one of the greatest prophets to live ever. How did he become so great before God? He didn't deny nor fight his calling. He just obeyed it. Christian, God will use anyone. All he needs is someone to say, here am I. I am positive that somebody here tonight is fighting the call of God on their lives. Missionaries and pastors are dropping like flies. God is still calling, but the people aren't moving. We need young men, old men, young women, older women, children, and teenagers to step up and say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. If you want revival, you have to get into the I will do it mentality. Not I won't. Not I can't, I will. What is holding you back from the calling of God on your life? You must be willing to give in to God and give up whatever you believe is more important to you than his plan. What is God calling you to do that you have been fighting? Have you thrown out the idea of serving him and said, Will not I, Lord? It couldn't be me. I won't do it. You got the wrong man. I want to live my own life, do my own thing. It's not going to be me, Lord. Have you rejected him under false humility, saying, Who am I, Lord? I've got so much sin on me, and it's impossible for me to do anything. You can't use me. I'm too wicked. That's, that's false humility, which is disobedience, which is pride. You don't, God doesn't want that. God doesn't need that. What God needs is a here am I. Maybe tonight you need to tell God I fought you and your calling all my life. But here am I, Lord. Send me. I want revival. Could you please bring it to me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, I know it was brief, but pray you please bless Brother James as he prepares his message and brings it before you, before these people. I pray that you'd soften their hearts and soften all of our hearts and you'd get all the praise, the honor, and glory out of it. In Jesus' name, amen.